playing favourites because with us this morning we are lucky enough to have Sir Colin Tukuitonga, uh, highly regarded, of course, for his work in Pacific people's health, both in New Zealand and internationally. His big interests are heart disease and diabetes and the health impacts of the climate crisis. He recently resigned from his government advisory roles, citing no confidence so that he can speak up and speak out about the treatment of Pacific people. Get ready, people, for some 70s and 80s hits, which Sir Colin, I understand, fears show his age. Kia ora, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Susie. I I did say to your producer that I will be telling all of the motu how old I am by the songs I've chosen. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. You've got some real good ones in there. And some bangers. So I think it's, I think it's going to be a good hour. Um, we're actually going to be starting off in the islands, but tell us a little bit about, about how you grew up. You grew up in, well, first of all, you were born in Niue. Yes, uh, born in Niue. Grew up in Niue. I was uh, uh, 15 or 16 uh, when I left. In those days when you get to school, Sydney, Certificate. Again, this will be showing my age as well. You get to school C because we didn't have six forms, seven form. You had to leave the island, so that was when the first time I left. But I, uh, yeah, I uh, was born and raised uh, on the island. Tell me a little bit about Niue. I've I've never been, but it is uh, it's meant to be incredibly beautiful, but and quite different to some of the other Pacific islands too. Yes, uh, very rocky, uh, raised, uh, parts of it 30 metres uh, high, very rocky. It's not your typical Pacific Island holiday uh, destination. There, there are no beaches, uh, but very clean, obviously, because uh, it's got a resident population of uh, 15, 1,600 uh, people, largely undeveloped in a commercial sense. And that's the way I like it. Uh, uh, development experts, of course, would want Niue to um, do more economic activities, uh, get involved in those sorts of activities so that uh, it's much more economically independent. It is a uh, self-governing, uh, one of the self-governing islands uh, connected to uh, New Zealand. Mm. Tell me about your family that you grew up with. So uh, one of the things that New Orleans do is uh, have your grandparents uh, raise uh, uh, children uh, as their own. So I was one of the lucky ones uh, myself. My oldest sister and a cousin were raised by our grandparents. Um, We didn't have a lot, so it was pretty uh, tough, Uh, but uh, community-orientated, lots of... uh, Village activities, very strong uh, involvement in the church, uh, Roman Catholic uh, in our case. Uh, So you got involved in um, community activities fairly earlier on and you developed those uh, values fairly earlier on, a strong sense of uh, community, of social justice, of fairness, of, you know, supporting each other because... um, uh, small communities, not hmm. not a lot of services that you can rely on. You have to rely on your family, extended family and village. Mm. And your mum sounds like she was, well, all round, extremely accomplished. Yes, I guess uh, people would say that I took <laughs> take after my mother and possibly my grandfather. My mother was a teacher, but she did uh, a whole lot of things, interpreted uh, the Catholic uh, doctrine, Catholic uh, material from English into New Ireland. She was a netball empire. She was the local seamstress uh, for the village, uh, all manner of things. So um, mostly self-taught. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I th- she had a big influence on me. And my grandfather was, was very similar, taught himself to read the Bible. He was instrumental in introducing the Catholic Church to the island was largely or predominantly a London Missionary Society uh, island, so that was a courageous decision on his part. Yeah, so I I guess I picked up my values and drive from my family, uh, primarily. Your 
mother, I understand, was very good at making cakes. What kind of cakes? <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, banana cakes and scones. Uh, she was, uh, yeah, uh, pretty, uh, pretty good at it. And in fact, uh, did a lot of baking for the village, for the church, for the school, uh, that kind of thing. Now you mentioned as you grew up, you had to leave and go over to Fiji um, to continue your education. That must have been quite a big deal, because you were oh. you were pretty young. You were fifteen. Yeah, pretty young, and you went to live in a dormitory. Uh, So the New Zealand Defence Force moved out of their campus in Suva there, and we moved in pretty basic, uh, and you had to fend for yourself. It was a a big deal. I suppose I was more fortunate uh, than most because my older sister had been there before, and she was uh, uh, very keen to keep an eye on me, but but it was a... It was a big move uh, moving from Niue to uh, Suva in Fiji. Fiji, of course, was big smoke in those days, relatively <laughs> speaking, coming from a small island. And you ended up doing medicine. How did that come about? I was keen on uh, medicine. I had seen a big, tall Kiwi uh, doctor who'd come to see my uh, grandfather at the house. He did house visits in those days and uh, chatted to me. I was very impressed with him. And then there were two local doctors who were very kind to me, very generous, very supportive. Um, And then, of course, the big... uh, clincher was the fact that there was a scholarship offered by the New Zealand government to do medicine. Uh, as I'd indicated earlier on, we didn't have very much. I couldn't, uh, you know, our family couldn't have afforded to send me to university. So it's, it's a combination of things. But fundamentally, I I liked uh, medicine. I liked the uh, profession and what it offered people. Hmm. Let's play some of your music. Um, you've got a couple of tracks that are very much from the islands. Tell me a little bit why you like uh, this first one by Maki. Oh, that's a, uh, a song that really talks about the strong ties between uh, New Zealand and uh, Niue, and it's sung uh, quite often by different groups at different times. This one just happens to be a, a newer version, and uh, but the song is a traditional uh uh, one that uh, talks about the strong ties uh, between uh, Niue and uh, New Zealand. Uh, this uh, one that I chose is a newer version of it. Okay, let's take a listen. Fuck a little fire. 
lovely stuff. That is Mucky featuring Wham's there. And we're speaking on Saturday morning with Dr. Colin Tukuitonga. Sir Colin Tukuitonga, I should call you to get it right. Um, You were mentioning that you spent time in Fiji. You were there at medical school, but you spent quite a lot of time of your early career there too. Yeah, I spent seven, eight years uh, all together. I had gone there in 1987 to teach uh, public health at the medical school, and some of your listeners will know, of course, that was the infamous year when the first military coup uh, took place in Fiji. So needless to say, I didn't stay there very long, and I told people I was a refugee from the middle uh, military coup from uh, Fiji to New Zealand that year and been here ever since. Mm. What was it about Fiji that you enjoyed? You clearly spent a lot of time there. It's, Fiji is probably the most developed uh, of the islands. I like uh, island living, obviously, having been born on Niue. And Niue was just a bit uh, on the small side. And Fiji uh, had a range of things. Uh, and, and I had gone to university there, University of the South Pacific and the Fiji School of Medicine, made lots of friends and many of uh, whom I still uh, uh, interact with uh, even now. Uh, That's when you formed uh, relationships, of course, as a teenager, uh, and and having having a lot of fun and and learning at the same time. Mm. You've got a song from Fiji, I think, as well, that you'd like to play. Yes, I I liked uh, Fijian music. I've chosen this one. Again, it's a popular one. It's... uh, Fijian love song.
Isale Leah there. The choice of Sir Colin Tukuitonga, who is playing favourites with us. Some lovely music on Saturday morning, Colin. Thank you very much for those choices. Yeah, I, I like them, so I hope your listeners uh, like them as well. They, they, you know, songs you grow up with. Absolutely. Um, tell me a little bit about, I suppose, your interest in health, particularly for Pacifica people in Pacific countries and the sorts of challenges and, I guess, threats as well to that that you see coming down the line with things like climate change. Well, climate uh, change, but the big one, of course, is uh, the jargon is non-communicable diseases. Terrible phrase, but it's diabetes, uh, heart disease, obesity, gout, uh, that uh, combination, and largely a result of people abandoning uh, healthy food items and taking too processed, imported uh, uh, food and drink, uh, and it's uh, killing you know, 80% of the deaths are due to diabetes and heart disease. And, you know, there's been a number of things done over the years, but it's a juggernaut that keeps uh, rolling on and all of the islands are affected. Uh, The Pacific Islands has this uh, notorious uh, reputation of being the most obese uh, nations uh, on the planet. It clearly is a big uh, problem, not just to individuals affected by the conditions, but uh, families, communities and nations uh, as a whole, because clearly the cost of treating these uh, conditions is unsustainable. Mm. What sort of work do you think that does there need to be done and, and more of what to... Is it about educating people or what do you think needs to be done to kind of get people to think about this and those ultra-processed foods in a different way? Yeah, education is clearly important in supporting individuals to get access to information that they can comprehend and use. But the big problem, of course, is systemic uh, issues, uh, free trade agreements that permit the importation of uh, uh, processed uh, foods. It's very convenient. It's uh, very handy. It's uh, affordable for many. And so not only measures for individuals' education and support, but also policies need to be uh, developed uh, to to, uh, try and curb the the rise in particularly uh, diabetes. It's clearly very difficult to try to get and encourage people to go back to planting their own crops and catching fish because it's much more convenient to go to the store and buy flour and rice and tinned fish. Uh, So it's a cultural change, uh, but one that's uh, still eluding most of us who work in the area. Mm. What sort of problems, too, do you see in the area of mental health in the Pacific? Yeah, we're just... uh, There's a um, common... uh, belief that it's uh, a problem. But one of the big problems in mental health and mental disorders in the islands, it's largely undescribed. So I'm very pleased that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade has funded us to study in some detail the prevalence of mental uh, disorders in six of the Polynesian uh, islands. So we'll have some data uh, finally. The problem with uh, mental health, of course, it's a bit like here. It's the poor cousin of health services. It's not particularly well funded and uh, in the islands, there uh, is a severe shortage of uh, trained uh, healthcare workers in in the in the working in mental health in Samoa, for example. My friend George, young George, is on his own. He's the sole psychiatrist looking after the whole of uh, Samoa. So it's a particular problem. As I say, we have the same challenges here in mental health, uh, but you can imagine in small islands where. Uh, skill shortages, uh, resource uh, constraints uh, are, are there. It's uh, even uh, more of a problem. And, of course, we, uh, in some islands, they're dealing with uh, traditional cultural uh, attitudes that are often mm. unhelpful. By that, I mean people think that if you have a mental disorder, you're you know, possessed by the devil, uh, mm. those kinds of uh, uh, attitudes that is not very helpful. Mm. 
Lots and lots of people are getting in touch. Lots of our listeners are really uh, loving hearing you this morning. Uh, this one says, Kia ora, Sir Colin. Great to hear you and these musical memories. I have a fond recall or recollection of you and Professor Colin Mantel, Professor David Tipene Leach, and of course, Dr. Sitaleki Fino. This is from the Auckland School of Medicine. That's from Rawari this morning. Another one saying, So lovely to tune in, and a beautiful Fijian love song is on national radio. A rare treat. <laughs> for me as a Fijian, this one says. And another one saying, oh, this is so enjoyable, having strong connections with the Pacific. My hips are swaying. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> Colin. <laughs> well, that's uh, uh, nice uh, to get that feedback. As, uh, Professor Mantel and Rawiri um, uh, Tipinilich, uh, we were, and the late Sedeleki Fino, we uh, started uh, the Department of then it was called the Department of Māori and Pacific Health at the University of Auckland. Mm. As you can imagine, um, medical schools are amongst the, the most conservative uh, of institutions, but we did, uh, with those uh, good people, manage to put Māori health and Pacific health on the, on the uh, medical school in Auckland to try to uh, create awareness, to inform, to educate, to support uh, medical graduates uh, who go out and work uh, up and down mm. our motu, and particularly uh, the challenges uh, of Māori health, which we still ha- have at the present moment, I should say. Mm. But we were, uh, together with those uh, folk, uh, uh, and supported by uh, Sir Peter Gluckman, were able to get the uh, disciplines onto the uh, curriculum at the medical school here mm. uh, in Auckland. Mm. Uh, you've got a couple of Elton John tracks that you wanted to play. Uh, you've got some real 80s bangers, I have to say, on this list. <laughs> but some fantastic Elton John. Um, I think we've got time to play Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. What is it about Elton John that you like? Oh, Rocket Man. Uh Oh, I just love uh, his songs. Uh, some have, uh, uh, obviously, they're, they're very enjoyable, but he's got some very serious uh, messages uh, in his uh, songs. And I just grew up, uh, grow up uh, grew up listening uh, to Elton. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it.
Good by Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Susie Ferguson. My guest on Playing Favourites is Sir Colin Tukubitonga, uh, who's picking some great music, I have to say, this morning. Um, really enjoying that one in the studio. It's one of my favourite Elton tracks. Uh, you arrived in New Zealand. Uh, maybe let's talk about some of the work that you've done here, but also a bit about your family life. You've got three adult children but you've also got some other younger teenagers but they keep you on your toes yeah and they don't agree with my choice of uh, music we have uh, interesting conversations because I tell my son in particular uh, who's 14 that a lot of his uh, song choices are just uh, noise Mm. Uh, they're, they're unimpressed of course no what kind of music do they like oh you're now testing me. I can't uh, <laughs> uh, tell you. Uh, 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 some of it is uh, rap and it's uh, not very good lyrics, I have to say. That's mm. the basis of the conversation. I was trying to get them to listen to uh, Elton John, but that's not going to happen, I don't think. Oh, that's a shame. They'll maybe come <laughs> to Elton John as they get older. Often these things happen that you can be a bit, you can be very cool as a teenager, but perhaps you, you mellow and and discover some other things as as you grow up. Um, I guess it must be interesting having teenagers in this day and age um, with some of the things that are going on. Of course, I know that you recently resigned from uh, some of your health advisory positions because of some of the choices that are being made that, of course, do affect young people, like the smoke-free legislation. Oh, I was just appalled uh, with that. And I, you, you know, there's a word in the medical world called path, uh, it's pathognomonic. Uh, it means it's something that you see that signals a wider or a diagnostic uh, um, criteria, I suppose. And I thought the uh, going back on the smoke free legislation was just dreadful. And particularly, the reasons we're told, uh, one of the reasons was that uh, they needed the money to pay for tax cuts. So I, I was unhappy on the public health grounds, but I always thought it was uh, immoral. Um, how could you justify uh, making those sorts of decisions, particularly because Māori and Pacifica people are going to be most severely affected by it? And and also I thought it was... Uh, um, embarrassing for us uh, we would go from world leader in smoke-free legislation to uh, world uh, laggard I guess and it was just I thought a poor decision. Mm. You have had some international recognition recently being made a fellow by the International Science Council. What sorts of things are you hearing from your colleagues internationally about their reaction to what the New Zealand government's doing? Well, I think the uh, reaction from friends and colleagues internationally is just uh, of complete uh, gobsmack that New Zealand had gone down this road. We've been long regarded as a leader in smoke f- uh, in tobacco control. In the Pacific Islands, uh, in particular, they look to us. Uh, there's a smoke-free 2025, uh, Pacific smoke-free 2025, clearly model on smoke-free Aotearoa 2025. New Zealand's influence in what people do in the islands is uh, phenomenal. And when we do silly things like this, uh, it uh, doesn't reflect badly on us, but it does affect how the rest of the world uh, look at us. Friends at the World Health Organization was just gobsmacked that... uh, We'd taken uh, this decision. It, it's not. Uh, it's not good. I have to say to have to try to explain uh, what democracy is about, particularly because I think the impact. Uh, some people would try to downplay it and say we will continue to uh, work on smoke-free, uh, reducing smoking. But of course the legislation and what it enabled would have allowed us to accelerate uh, uh, what we're doing. Mm. What about the possibility of tobacco taxes being frozen for a number of years? Because, of course, these things do impact Māori and Pacific and, and people who have lower incomes too. So is that something that you would be supportive of or not? 
Well, Tariana Turia and Bill English, I think, did put in place uh, hikes uh, to tobacco, uh, which, and we know from pretty good evidence around the world that if you have an increase in price of tobacco consumption, it does go down. We, I think we've probably reached a saturation point, and further tax increases. Uh, probably isn't going to achieve any further reduction. So we'd have to look at other um, measures such as reducing the number of outlets that are able to sell cigarettes. It is why I was so annoyed with the repeal of the legislation. Mm. But uh, protecting tobacco prices from inflation, I thought, was a new one. I mean, you have to give it to the person who think about it for being creative, but it's uh, for the wrong reason. So um, I hope they they don't progress that. It's just, again, another measure which uh, my our friends overseas will look at us and, you know, I think we've we've gone nuts uh, with Mm. what we're trying to do. Clearly the influence of the tobacco industry is there. Uh, because it's obviously things from their playbook. So uh, tobacco uh, uh, use in New Zealand is uh, dropping, no question, and particularly in young people, which is uh, commendable. The problem we have is that we still uh, have Māori and Pacifica adults uh, mm. uh, suffering from the effects of uh, tobacco tobacco use, and, mm. and there's no no good saying, well, it's their own fault because we know that doesn't work. We need to do more than just uh, educating individuals. Mm. And I guess um, shaming people and potentially preventing them seeking medical help is also something that's, you know, it's hardly helpful in in these sorts of situations. Yeah. Yeah. What about vaping, though? Because I guess a lot of particularly young people... um, that seems to be a thing that they're turning to. Yes, that's right. Fortunately, my understanding of the last year 10 survey, it seemed to be plateauing. In other words, uh, it increased rapidly as smoking goes down, vaping goes up. But it looked like for uh, young young people, it might have plateaued. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that vaping is an effective tool for those who want to quit. Mm. The problem, of course, is uh, we can't then control who has access to us, and this is where uh, has been a a problem, particularly young people picking up vaping. As I say, there's some Mm. encouraging signs on the horizon that maybe the fad and the fashion might be uh, waning and fewer will vape. It's still a major problem, Mm. of course. What do your teenagers tell you about it? My daughter, who's 16, we accidentally found out that she was vaping and I did the usual father thing and lectured her. Of course, I knew it wasn't going to work. Somehow, her mother got to her and she gave up, but she said the pressure at school, she never smoked. Mm. She was just curious about it. Um, the pressure at school and uh, on, you know, from friends uh, to vape is just uh, phenomenal. Mm. I do think it's uh, starting to wane. I do hope that it will continue to decline. I think the measures we're putting in place uh, would help, but it's clearly... Uh, people think that vaping is harmless, which again is is uh, unhelpful uh, because vaping has its own uh, risks. Um, as I say, I'm hanging on to the fact that there's some prospects that uh, whatever we do, education, legislation, policy, um, really isn't going to work unless there's the frame of mind uh, to to do something different. So, for example, young people not smoking is just fantastic, but it is a movement, a social change that's uh, required. So all of the tools we have just help that uh, process along. And I'm hoping with vaping it will uh, run out of puff. Uh, <laughs> pardon, pardon the pun. Um, Yes. Yeah, but it's a social change where we're, we're really looking, we should be encouraging. Mm. Um, you have another song to play. This is a Rod Stewart track, and uh, it's the first cut is the deepest. Do you like this just because it's a song, or is this some kind of nod towards, you know, medicine and surgery? <laughs> well, it's uh, Yusuf uh, wrote it, I think, and uh, it's about first love. Um, but I, I, I've liked uh, Rod uh, forever, 
uh, and uh, him picking up this uh, song from um, Yusuf and uh, Cheryl Crow, of course, plays another version, which is uh, very nice. I just like the theme, the, the lyrics. That is Sir Rod Stewart, and we're talking to Sir Colin Tukitonga uh, this morning. Uh, he is playing favourites with us on Saturday morning with Susie Ferguson. And um, I'm interested in your take on some of the... There's actually some stories around this morning that are connected with some of the work that you've done that people will probably be the most familiar with from... Uh, over the pandemic. Um, the story this morning that you've maybe heard that the study estimating that vaccines prevented between 4,000 and 12,000 deaths during the Omicron phase of the COVID-19 pandemic, that seems like an extraordinary uh, win for the vaccine. I haven't uh, read that particular estimate. 
myself, but obviously I was aware of it. I know I'm aware that, uh, you know, the different people have different views. I think the New Zealand, I maintain the the my uh, um, view was that we mounted a, glo- uh, a world-class response um, on the record as saying the flaw, I think, for us was the fact that we didn't protect those most vulnerable Māori and Pacifica people as well as we could have, but that's an impressive uh, estimate. Um, As I say, I still think that we uh, mounted a very good response to COVID. Uh, It was just undermined by our failure to act effectively Mm. uh, to protect Māori and Pacifica people, those that were most affected by uh, COVID-19. And I guess also there is the issue with measles vaccines. And again, you know, there are warnings that have been coming recently about the number of measles cases. Um, Not just here, but of course, the Pacific as well is pretty vulnerable. Yes, my friends uh, who are in this uh, area tell me that it's not a question of uh, if, but when we would get... uh, an, uh, another measles outbreak. We all heard, of course, of the tragedy in uh, Samar with uh, measles, and uh, we're obviously needing to do more in order to protect our young ones uh, and uh, head off uh, a likely measles uh, uh, outbreak. Measles is a deadly condition in case people think that it is uh, not, and unfortunately our vaccination rates in Young ones, particularly Māori and Pacifica kids, is not where they need to be in order to... uh, Measles is highly, highly uh, infective and you need very high uh, vaccination rates in order to protect our young ones. And is this still hangover from the Andrew Wakefield study in the 90s? With the MMR vaccine? Yes, yes. uh, he did, uh, of course, was discredited, but these things uh, linger, as you know, Susie. Mm. Uh, once, uh, and I wrote a piece, I remember I was Director of Public Health in Wellington mm. at the time, I wrote a piece uh, then, because uh, he was sneaky, he put it out uh, publicly before it was peer-reviewed, and of course subsequently found to have had no basis uh, whatsoever, but the damage is uh, done. That's the problem with these things, and it will linger. Uh, recent uh, increases in disinformation and misinformation as a result of COVID-19 wouldn't have helped uh, yes, of course, I think the uh, Wakefield uh, factor has played into this. And some are uh, low vaccination rates uh, as a result of unfortunate uh, accident, uh, unfortunate uh, incident with uh, the injections uh, of two young ones. Uh, you know, people are very anxious about their young ones, of course, and they're very protective, totally understandable. And any little thing that causes people to be concerned would affect uh, uptake of uh, vaccination, no question. Mm. Uh, another story, new story that is around is um, about needle length, which is an interesting one, that longer needles are required for people who are obese in terms of being able to actually get the vaccination into the right place, into the right muscle. Uh, I haven't caught up with that. You're, you're way ahead of me, uh, Susie. <laughs> but but of that... course, uh, the, the the problem is shorter needles, the uh, injection will just go into fat and it wouldn't be absorbed into the body. So you think uh, you've had the vaccination, whatever it is, but if it's not being taken up in the body, it's uh, obviously not very good. So I haven't read the particular uh, study, but it, uh, it it makes uh, sense. You you want to deliver the injection into Uh, 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 muscle not fat Mm. lots and lots of people getting in touch saying you're a public health legend this person says I appreciated working with Sir Colin and his calm measured experienced and empathetic qualities another one saying good to hear the personal and human story of a good man with principles this is someone else that uh, worked for you uh, saying that they uh, loved working for you Uh, the Palmerston North Nguyen community have been in touch saying loving the korero 
another person saying, my nephew has been fortunate to do medicine at Auckland Union, was accepted uh, under the Marian Pacific uh, scheme. So much aroha and appreciation for Sir Collins' trailblazing work with his colleagues, Aroha Nui, this person writes. Uh, tell me a little bit about your focus now. You've got a lot of international focus. And why is it that you're wanting to perhaps turn your attention further afield? Oh, I've always uh, had an international interest. This uh, globe, uh, the planet, is actually a small village. Uh, I was intrigued at the New Zealand decision to... Um, uh, withdraw from the amendment to the international health regulations i'm on uh I'm, my view is that with global pandemics we are only as good as our weakest link whether that's within the country or between countries uh, so i've always had an interest in the global uh, health issue i uh, was just in manila last week a good friend uh, from tonga the minister is the first pacific person to be the regional director for the world health organization western pacific region that's a big deal and we hope uh, he'll use the opportunity to accelerate improvements in health in the small island states and of course mm. elsewhere in our region and he's asked me to chair a transition team to produce a a, a, a plan if you like on the priorities and how we might uh, approach them so that's uh, interesting work I'm we're working with the International Science Council to set up a science academy for the small island states. The mm. Pacific Islands is the only region in the world that doesn't have an academy. We're not talking about an academy of old blokes uh, congratulating one another. We're talking about um, pathways for young people who want to pursue science and uh, research. We're talking about mobilizing funding for research uh, in the islands. Mm. Um, Encouraging the use of science in decision making, uh, yes, uh, interesting uh, work uh, uh, amongst other uh, projects that we're involved with. Just stay with us for a moment. We're just coming up to twelve o'clock. Of course, uh, Mapuna coming up after the news at noon here on RNZ National. And a quick note to say that next week we'll be talking on Saturday morning with Dr. Mekaline Duclef. Uh, her book is Hunt, Gather, Parent. It's why we should consider abandoning modern parenting in favour of ancient ways. Also, Dr. Alexander Sweetman will be in with us, uh, who researches treatments for insomnia. And also Tane Mahuta Gray with his incredible aerial show that is coming to the New Zealand Arts Festival. Just time uh, to have a final song with you, uh, Sir Colin. Bohemian Rhapsody. Why do you like Bohemian Rhapsody so much? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a theme uh, through all of this, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I liked uh, Elton, Rocket Man, and, of course, uh, Freddie's... Uh, I, 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 looked, I saw his uh, uh, movie, but I, I just think... Uh, Rhapsody is probably one of the classics. Mm, it really and is. And Freddie Mercury, of course, a very colourful uh, individual. Yeah. Um, Absolutely fantastic. Look, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for your time coming in. Well, thank in you very much for having favorites. me. <laughs> so it is a pleasure to talk uh, with you. Thank you so much. I, I really am very appreciative. Thank you. Uh, see you next week. Yeah, yeah.
body's in.